0: Welcome to the Draft Nut Podcast. My name is Jared Feinberg. Alongside me is Devin Jackson, and we are your hosts for today's podcast. Devin, good morning. How's it been?
1: Good morning, man. Uh, You know, it's it's been a pretty good week. It's a good way to start off the week so far. Um, You know, just continuing to see, you know, the draft declarations to roll in and, you know, had a little bit of football this, this weekend, so... Uh, starting to finally kind of get things back to normal, you know, we're about, I think probably like, uh, let's see, like nine days away from the NFL season or 10, nine or 10 days away from the NFL season starting. So that's exciting. Uh, and, you know, just some more injuries in NFL as well, you know, some devastating injuries. So, you know, getting closer to, you know, having full on football and, Having a, you know a lot more to talk about, a lot more to break down and discuss. So uh, excited for that.
0: Same here. And it seems like almost now every episode we're talking about like a season-ending injury for someone, and it just sucks to talk about. It. And I don't like talking about it because these players are good football players, and like I, I get injuries are a part of football, but when you're this talented and when you're this good, it's just it sucks to see. Um, we'll talk about, um, we'll talk about our thoughts about Derwin James here later on. But first, let's talk about Jamar Chase. According to reports over the last few days, um, those reports have indicated that the star LSU wide receiver and 2019 comp award winner will opt out of the 2020 college football season and enter the 2021 NFL draft. Now, These early reports have said that Chase opting out is not related to COVID-19, but more being convinced by, uh, pro agents to declare and sit out because let's be honest, he doesn't have a lot to really prove, um, in terms of the NFL draft and college football. Devin, this was easily one, easily the biggest name on the offensive side of the ball for the 2021 draft class. To declare um, for the draft and set out for the year, what do you think of this move?
1: Uh, I thought it was smart for him. Uh, there's just so many, um, you know, un kind of uncharted territory for LSU right now. Um, you know, they had a a lot of turnover already. Had a new quarterback, um, offensive line, and had to replace a couple offensive linemen, um, and. I mean, it, it just would have hurt his draft stock if he went out there and, you know, they struggled this season. So I thought it was smart for him. Uh, like you say, he really doesn't have anything to prove. Um, he's going to – he's a top receiver in in, in the NFL draft already, uh, and he was already uh, at least top two or three on, on most people's boards uh, in terms of receivers. So I, th- I think it was a smart move for him uh, considering the circumstances and, uh, you know, it's just been kind of a whirlwind for LSU. Now they have to replace their, the top rusher, top passer, top receiving yards leader. So it, it's it's a it's a whole lot of turnover for LSU right now. And um, you know, I, I don't know what's you know really going to be kind of their outlook for the season. You know, they're now replacing Chase. You know, Kerry uh, Vincent, he's gone. So it's a lot of people that you were expecting to come back to LSU and produce or gone. So I I don't know, man. Uh, but for at least with Jamar Chase, it was a smart move and a move that needed to be done. And uh, you can't really blame him for doing it. You know, he's just looking out for the best interest because you don't want him to get injured or something happened, you know, while he's playing. Uh, in, you know, kind of these circumstances. So
0: Yeah. And one, this changes my prediction for LSU this year. Um, now I'm not as optimistic about them as I was um last week. Um two this gives Terrace Marshall a great opportunity to prove himself as the team's wide receiver one and he could be a potential breakout for this year. And three like you said, this is this was a very smart and really good move on Chase's part. Um, and like I said before, what else does he have to prove? Um, I don't think there's any, there's anything else he needs to show us as a draft prospect and college football player. He could have easily been one of the first wide receivers taken in last year's draft class. Um, Chase is one of the more complete players on the offensive side of the ball for this upcoming draft class. Um, he possesses elite ball skills, um, catch radius, awesome route runner, very nuanced with his releases. He's smooth, great burst and speed in the open field and has great yak ability as well. This is a very talented wide receiver and I'm excited for, to see him and what he can do at the combine and on his pro day, um, during this upcoming draft process, um, so we're, not, we're not going to see another year of tape of Jamar Chase, which um, would have been cool. But at the same time, this 2019 tape is easily first-round tape. Like, everything about like, – you go through all of his games, and, I mean, he's just putting up 150 yards almost every game. Like, he was incredible last year, easily the best wide receiver in college football last year. Um like and like we both said, there's nothing really else for him to prove. Um, where he'll go next will be for some NFL team. They'll be picking either in the top ten or top fifteen. We don't know where he's really going to get drafted. Um, that will be determined throughout the draft process um, as we uh, get closer to that portion of the off season. So. More news to come on for today's podcast, um, star Los Angeles Charger safety Derwin James will miss the 2020 NFL season due to a knee injury that will require a six to eight month recovery. After an incredible rookie season in 2018, James will now only have five games to his name over the course of last season and this season. Um, Devin, what are your thoughts on James's injury?
1: Uh, it sucks, man. Uh, you know, just from the NFL community in general. Uh and, and even drafts what everyone was excited for him to come back this season healthy and uh potentially be in the running for defensive player of the year. Uh for the Chargers it sucks because it, it seems like every year they're dealing with uh, a ton of injuries. Um you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. it, it seems like they can't stay healthy and Derrick James is, is a really impressive safety, a really talented safety. Um, you know, when whenever people talk about the best safeties in the league, his name always gets mentioned. Uh, the only problem is that he's not available and he can't stay on the field. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just a huge blow for the Chargers specifically. Um, you know, I didn't expect them to make the playoffs or anything like that, but, you know, at least compete and and, you know, potentially make a run. But now... With him gone, it's going to be tough, um, and we'll see what they do in terms of a replacement. But you know, it may be time for Nasir Adderley to step up and, and kind of take over that role that Derwin James left behind. So
0: I was getting excited about using Nasir Adderley because he was a I was a big fan of his coming uh, or during the 2020 um, or 2019 NFL draft process. Um, easily one of my biggest draft crushes of my time as a draft analyst. Um, um, I'm excited to see what opportunities he'll be getting this year. Um, he could potentially break out as a really, really good safety for the Los Angeles chargers, but let's get to Derwin James here. James is entering is going, he's going to be entering his, Final year of his rookie deal in 2021. There's going to be some hesitation with uh, with GM Tom Telesco and head coach Anthony Anthony Lynn if Lynn is still the head coach next year, as to whether or not he gets that fifth year option, whether or not he gets that second contract. Next year is going to make or break James's career. The biggest question surrounding him right now for next year is can he stay healthy? I really hope he does because when he's healthy, like you said, he's one of the best safeties in the NFL, and arguably you can make an argument he's probably the best safety in the NFL. Um, it would really suck to see if he had. It really did, it would really suck if he had another setback next year, and if he does, then like the potential he showed off his rookie year, being an All Pro. You know, and now like the rest of his career, he gets hurt. It's just like, like, what do you do at that point? It, you, you can't give him a second contract at that point. You can't, you can't give him a fifth-year option. You, you got them go on the, got them go on the free agency market and find a new home. See if he can stay healthy there. If not, then his career goes downhill from there. Um I want to make a note that there were medical concerns coming out of F- FSU in the 2018 draft. Um I think both of us know that James while he was still very very talented coming into the draft, uh, a top 5 7 prospect for me in that year's draft class, um there were medical concerns about his knees. Like they were like very notable concerns and that's, I think that's why he fell to the Chargers at 17. Um, he could have easily been a top 10 pick. Um, and he could have easily gone to Tampa Bay, who, who should have taken him. But of course I get the concern with his medicals and all that, but you know, like the potential he showed off in 2018, like that's the type of stuff you want to see from an NFL safety, especially a elite one like Derwin James when he's healthy. So I'm praying for a healthy recovery for James. Um, I hope he's back next year better than ever. Um, and I hope he gets that second, t- second contract he deserves. Um, and talk about the Chargers and their bad luck, man. It, it sucks to see him always like every offseason seeing them with, there some of their star players getting hurt for the year um, with some sort of major injury. It seems like if you're good and with, if you're playing for the Chargers and you're a good football player, it's almost like you're going to get a knee injury or a torn bicep or something like something that'll keep you out for a very long time, either the entire season or for most of the season. It's, I don't know who cursed the Chargers, but they need to lift that curse so then we can actually see good football football players from the Los Angeles Chargers play football. So, you know, again, I'm hoping for James in a healthy recovery, um, healthy full recovery at that, um, and I hope he's uh, getting back in shape, getting, getting ready to go for the 2021 season. Devin, now it's time to get into some potential rookie breakouts for this um, this season. This season. Um, I picked two players from each side of the ball, offense and defense. Um, two, two of the players from offense that I chose were Jonathan Taylor, um, Indianapolis Colts running back, and Henry Ruggs, um, o- not Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders uh, wide receiver, still getting used to the Raiders being in Las Vegas, still, still a weird feeling. Um, I'm gonna start off with Jonathan Taylor real quick, and then I'll get to you with your offensive players. Um, Jonathan Taylor, at first, when he got picked by the Colts, I was like, they already have Marlon, they already, they already have Marlon Mack and uh, Naheem Hines. Like, they're adding another running back to that group. I, I would have expected Taylor to go to a team that really needed a running back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and the Colts really didn't need a running back, but it doesn't hurt to have good running backs on your roster at all. And there's something really has stuck to me. Like, um, Jonathan Taylor has been impressed, has been very impressive throughout camp, uh, so far. And, you know, Frank Reich likes to go with the high hand. Um, and if Jonathan Taylor proves to be that hot hand, he'll end up playing a majority of the snaps over Marlon Mack throughout the season. Um, so if Taylor becomes that hot hand, he's got a chance of being, um, offensive rookie of the year. Um, Taylor is, um, very talented, um, athletic, physical, downhill runner. Um, He's added he added more value to passing downs um, last year for Wisconsin um, which really uh, boosted his stock in my opinion and made him a more complete player than he was before mm-hmm. uh, seeing that ability, I think uh, the culture were like, hey we can maybe work with this and maybe improve more of that passing down value with Jonathan Taylor and like I said, if Taylor he starts and once he starts getting snaps over the season and once he starts getting hot, the Colts are going to stick with him and he's just going to keep on going and probably keep on going for a offensive rookie of the year award. Another player, like I mentioned before Henry Ruggs, um, arguably one of the best wide receivers from the 2020 draft class. Um, he was part of that big three, um, receiver group, um, at Alabama and with the 2020 draft with um, teammate Jerry Judy and um, Oklahoma wide receiver C.D. Lamb. Henry Ruggs now um, has an opportunity to really become a star receiver in the NFL because um, the Raiders have been dealing with injuries at wide receiver, and now he's been pushed into basically the starting role throughout camp with these injuries. So with Ruggs potentially breaking out, with the elite speed he has, four two eight at the combine, um, and then his catch radius, his athleticism, um, underrated route running ability, underrated uh, release packages. Um, this is a very very good football player. I'm excited to see what he can do for the Raiders in um, in John Gruden's offense, uh, but he'll. He'll be able to break out if he has a competent quarterback. If Derek Carr can stop checking down all the damn time, then we'll see Henry Ruggs have an incredible year. I really hope Ruggs has a really great year and shows off that, hey, I can be a really, really good wide receiver in the NFL, maybe one of the better receivers in the NFL. I have that type of talent. I can be that guy. I just need a competent quarterback. Could that be Derek Carr? <sighs> I I don't know. I don't know. Could that be Marcus Mariota? Maybe. I've heard good stuff from Mariota um during Raiders Camp, so if Mariota takes over and pulls off uh Ryan Tannehill like Tannehill did last year when he replaced Mariota, then you know what can I say? I mean, kinda of weird for Mariota, but for Rugs. It would be good for him because now he'll be able to get more touches, get more of those yards, get more production um, to be that breakout player for the Raiders and potentially be a top wide receiver in the NFL. So now, Devin, what are your offensive players for potential breakouts this year?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go uh, a little bit different. Um, For me, I think uh this first player is like someone that, fell in the draft and there's really no explicable reason why. Um, And that's receiver KJ Hill who plays for the Chargers. Um, I think that it it blows my mind that he fell to the seventh round. Um, His route running is really good, uh, especially, you know, in, in the slot. I was just surprised that he lasted that long. I understand that he didn't have the greatest, you know, combine or pro day or whatever, but uh, I think that he will fit in nicely with the Chargers office. I think he could potentially be uh, some of a go-to target uh, just because he can, uh, he, he's learning it and picking up the game really fast and really quick. And he's impressing a lot of the, the Chargers coaches. So um, I think that, you know, he's not going to have anything. I don't think anything crazy, like a thousand yards, or anything like that. But I think he's going to have maybe 500, 600 yards and, um, five or six touchdowns and really surprised people, uh, as someone that, you know, in, in a really deep 2019 receiver class, someone that should have gone a lot earlier than the seventh round. Uh, so I, th- I really expect big things for him this year. Um, obviously they gotta f- figure out their quarterback situation, what they're gonna do. Um, you know, got Herbert in the fold, you know, Tyrell Taylor. Uh, so we'll see what, what they do down the stretch, but, uh, I'm expecting KJ Hill, big things from KJ Hill. Uh, and then I'm also going to go running back, but I'm going to go with JK Dobbins as a breakout player for the Ravens. Um, I understand they got, you know, Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram in the backfield already, but I think that Dobbins can come in and immediately make an impact. Um, he was my RB1, um, someone that, uh, really excels and, and can get outside and, and make people miss an open field. And it's really powerful, um, really stout. Uh, Getting through the hole, so I think it's someone that uh, I expect to be, um, you know, up there in rushing yards in terms of rookie uh, rookie running backs. There's going to be a lot of talented ones. Uh, You know, obviously a a popular pick might be Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Um, but you know, I'm gonna go with Dobbins for this one.
0: Those are some impressive picks you got there. Um, I didn't consider Dobbins at all. Um and like like you said, Dobbins is he's talented. He's really talented. He was one of my favorite running backs in um uh, the twenty twenty draft class. Um and I expect him to really start sharing reps with Mark Ingram, um, if not just take over the whole workload because he has that skill set where, yeah, you can run him downhill if you want. You can put him outside or not really outside. You can play him on outside zones, inside zones, what have you, power concepts. Um, he's got that skill set. He's also very valuable on passing downs. He showed himself as a really reliable receiver out of the backfield, and that's what I was really impressed um, about with his film from last year. Um, a couple other players for me on the defensive side of the ball – um, Derek Brown was one guy um, I wrote down, Caroline Panthers, um, interior defensive lineman, um, arguably one of the best defensive players from last year's draft. Um, he and Javon Kinlaw tied for um, my IDL one, um, both of them very talented. But Brown, he's got such a physical presence in the middle of that um, defense, in the middle of that defensive line. He, you can really play him anywhere on that defensive line. He's going to dominate. Um, he has incredible instincts for the position, uh, wonderful um, football IQ, incredible size, power, quickness for the position, and for someone his size, it, it's truly incredible. He's that type of guy that you're going to plug and play um, at a three technique, and you're just going to say, hey go get the quarterback and we expect you to get after the quarterback. He gets after the quarterback. Now the sack production from last from the last couple of seasons, it's not really there, but you you know he like when you watch the state he was all over the quarterback. He was getting pressure up the middle consistently. Um and now that he's in Carolina where he can really just show off his talent um immediately alongside K, um, K.K. Short um, in Carolina. Um, that's going to be really exciting to see. I've heard a lot of good things um, about Derrick Brown throughout Panthers training camp. Um, and like we, like we were talking about um, the other day um, when we were talking about Panthers and Saints training camp, um, one word that was used and has been used throughout these last few weeks about Derrick Brown has been the word Unblockable. If he's been this good in training camp, I'm very excited to see what he can do um, once the season starts here in nine days, nine, ten days. Um, so very excited about that. Another player I want to mention on the defensive side of the ball is Caleb Chason uh, the rookie out of uh, Jacksonville, rookie out of LSU. Um, this is a guy that can really do some damage for the Jaguars defense. He's kind of similar to what Josh Allen was um, coming into the 2019 draft, um, just his overall skill set that he can play off-ball linebacker and he can do well. He can put, he can stand up as um, a two-stance pass rusher and just go to work, put him, put his hand in the dirt, and he can go to work. Um, both players are similar in terms of their athleticism. Um, and their production, like Caleb on chase on throughout the course of the season was getting better as the season went along. Um, and we saw like the last few games of his LSU career, he was really showing off his talent and really starting to develop his game. And you could see like things were really starting to click with him. And now he's with Jacksonville, um, um, Yannick Nguye, I can't pronounce his last name. Nguye. N'goy, yeah, N'goye. Um, Yannick Nguye, um, traded to Minnesota. Now he's got an opportunity to show off his talent. Um, so I'm excited for Chase and Alan to really be potentially become the next young, talented pass rush duo. Um, we also, we all saw the production that Allen put up, um, last year. And I'm excited to see what type of production Chase on, um, provides this year. Chase on has incredible burst off the line of scrimmage, great get off. Um, he's got a great bend and people who watch pass rushers, like bend and flexibility is like, like gold mine for all draft analysts. Like they love pass rushers who can just bend the edge who have a nice arsenal of pass rush counters and moves. Um, Chase is still developing in that area, but you can tell he he really started to get, his mind started to really click throughout those last three games of his um, LSU career, national championship against Oklahoma and the SEC championship against Georgia. Like you can really tell he was starting to become a true and complete player Chason can easily start as an off-ball linebacker. He has that athleticism. He can also easily start as um, a 3-4 edge rusher. He can easily start as a 4-3 defensive end. So Chason has a chance to be defensive, play, defensive rookie of the year um, just off this town alone. And if he can put up the production, um, that duo in Jacksonville, Josh Allen, Caleb on Jason. It's going to be a really fun duo for the next few years. Um, Devin, what? who are your defensive prospects or defensive players you like for the 2020 uh, season?
1: Uh, well, this first guy, uh, he was one of my guys in the draft process as well. Uh, Minnesota safety, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. I think he's going to immediately step in uh, for the Buccaneers and, and make an impact. He's already uh, impressing in practice. Uh, someone that can play in the box, someone that could, uh, you know, go out, cover a receiver in the slot, someone that can play midfield and, uh, you, know, um, you know, time has jumped and whatnot. He has NFL pedigree kind of in his in his blood uh, with his dad playing in NFL as well. Um, and I think that he, he's going to come out and and really, um, you know, show why the Buccaneers selected him. I think that uh, the fact that he's in the NFC South, you know, hurts me because I I. Love this game, love this tape, Um, but you know I'm I'm really expecting big things from him. I think that he can uh, really provide a boost for a Buccaneers defense, has really struggled over the last couple seasons defending the pass, um, and and really help out some of those corners on the Buccaneers and not just leave them on an island. So I think that he's going to be a a really good addition for the Buccaneers. uh, Someone that uh, could get three, four interceptions and, and really put his name on the map immediately for the Buccaneers. So that's someone I gotta keep an eye out for, uh, in terms of, uh, defensive players. Uh, and then another one, um, you know, he, he plays for the Saints, but someone that, uh, is versatile and I'm excited about as well, uh, is Zach Bond. Um, I think that in college, you know, he, you know, it was undersized. He wasn't exactly the prototypical fit. You know, he played a little bit of linebacker, a little bit of edge. Um, and it looks like he's going to do kind of the same things with the Saints. But, uh, you know, the Saints seem to be going all in on him. You know, they, they released Nigel Bradham. Um, you know, after bringing him in, thinking, you know, they're going to get depth and whatnot. But, uh, he's been impressing, uh, the first couple of weeks of training camp and, uh, someone I think that's going to be a rotational player, but someone that can, uh, really play well and, and can can fit into a Saints defense that doesn't have too many holes. Uh, you know, uh, in terms of what, what they need to fill, um, health is the biggest issue with the Saints every year. Uh, Alex Anzalone needs a really good linebacker, but you can never stay healthy for the Saints. So that Demario Davis in the fold. Uh, so I think you know Zach Bond learning under those couple, those two guys right there. Uh, and kind of understand the nuances of the position I think that's going to really pay dividends for him uh, In the long run uh, and Plus the, the pass rush ability and, and to bring off the edge as well uh, Obviously got Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport already uh, But you add him into the fold Someone that uh, can play in the box That can play on the edge uh, they can do a little bit of everything I think that he can Potentially have a, a three, four sack season and, and, uh, really cause some disruption, uh, in the run game for the Saints and someone, uh, I expect to continue to get better over the course of the season.
0: I really like your, uh, Zach Bond pick, um, for potential breakouts. Um, and like you said, he, he's really, really versatile. Um, he can do a lot of things for, uh, the Saints defense for a defense that doesn't have a lot of holes. Um, And that just goes to show how, how talented the Saints defense can and is like they're arguably one of the more underrated defenses, defenses in the entire NFL. Um, So I'm excited to see Zach Bond potentially break out. Anton, Antoine Winfield, um, a guy you mentioned. Um, I really hope he doesn't pick up Bridgewater this year, but I mean, it is the way it is. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for Winfield. Um, he was someone I really liked um, coming into um, the draft process um, this past offseason. Um, great ball skills. Um, I really liked his range. Even though he seemed like more of a hash-to-hash guy, he really um, showed good effort and ability to just get um, by the numbers and just make a play on the ball if you can't. So, Um, Winfield, I think he will be a great piece for the Bucks defense. Um, and they're, the Bucks defense overall, they're, they're really starting to grow and they're, and if you look at that secondary overall, it's a talented secondary. Um, we'll just have to see what they can do this year, um, in terms of can they really take that next step and become a really good defense like everyone's expecting them to this year. Um, so that's gonna be the biggest question mark with um Tampa Bay this year is how how is their defense gonna hold up. So we'll just wait and see. I have my trust in Todd Bowles to get that defense and Antoine Winfield right and become a really good defense in the NFL. Um again and I'm excited for Zach Bond. I think he could be a really versatile piece for the Saints. Um and he could be one of those guys that you, you just gotta you gotta put a circle around on the film and be like, this is a guy we have to worry about this week. This is a guy that could wreck our game. Um, he's not going to be like, oh, he's Cameron Jordan, but more athletic and more versatile. No, 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 no. He's like that type of guy where you're watching on tape and like, okay, we have to take care of Cameron Jordan, but also how are we going to stop um, Zach Vaughn, this, this kid who's very talented and, very good at what he does so i'm excited to see both of those players um i'm excited to see Derek brown and Campbell levon chasing on what they can do i'm excited to see what kj hill and jk Dobbins can do um as well as henry ruggs and jonathan taylor guys that is the end of today's podcast thank you thank you so much for joining us we'll see you guys later peace